my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're looking at spiritual challenges for the institutional church. And the big question for today, what was it that made Jesus' ministry so spiritual? Today our co-host is Helen Gray, and Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Church. Welcome to you, Helen. Thank you, Gary. It's a great delight to be here. Isn't it a wonderful day up there again? Oh, just beautiful. If only it would stay like this. Oh, look, Adelaide, this time of the year is just so so wonderful. I love this place this uh, this time of the year. Have you looked uh, at the forecast for the next couple of days? Yeah, I have, actually. And that's, oh. why, that's why I'm going to be walking at 5 o'clock in the, in the morning. But the good thing is, is that the humidity uh, sits at about five percent that's and uh, that i find i I used to live in you know i've got some mates in townsville and a few more up in brisbane where i used to live and uh uh, lovely lovely state but the humidity um really is a challenge on uh, on some occasions you're telling me gary i lived in papua new guinea for almost 10 years when i first got off the plane at port moresby it was like somebody had thrown a dry Really warm towel around me and wouldn't take it off. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I can remember in in Townsville getting out of the car and your glasses actually fog yes. up. But just a total fog immediately drops, and it takes two minutes for your glasses to actually clear uh, until they adjust to the temperature until you actually get uh, to the point where you can actually see again. Why doesn't somebody invent little wipers? Well, I believe there is a, a liquid that you can actually put no, on your I'm glasses. Serious. <laughs> somebody was complaining about their glasses yesterday. I said, somebody be an enterprising person and develop tiny little wipers <laughs> so it doesn't hurt the eye. Tell me, Helen, have you noticed the Christmas decos in the shops yet? Yes, I have. I have. And in fact, didn't even notice, didn't only notice that. I actually noticed one shop had Easter eggs. And I thought, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I think somebody's confused. I, I, I think so. It certainly is very true. Tell me, Birdwood Church is a lovely church up in the Adelaide yes. Hills there. How's it going at the present time with the COVID, with the COVID shutdown? Well, it's very frustrating because um, one minute we're open, next minute we're closed. And then, of course, they say we can open again. But the problem is they've brought in about the four-metre rule, I think it is. Yeah. And that, unfortunately, cuts us down. So we're still closed. Last week we did a Zoom program for Sabbath School and Church. Um, this week we're closed again. We'll do the same thing. Yeah, Not that I like yeah. teaching on Zoom, but, you know, yeah, that's what we yeah. do at the moment. It's sad for people that don't have access to it, though. Yeah, that's yeah. I know over at our church, I mean, we're at the moment uh, trying to find ways around that. We're actually uh, linking our, our church and our hall together, running a cable through to the oh. through to the hall. And by doing that, we find that we can obey the rules and uh, and also continue with our Sabbath oh. School and Worship uh, program. Oh, that's good. Um, but, the, but the church lunch has, uh, has been cancelled, mm. and that's a real we, – we love our church lunch. That happens every single uh, mm, Sabbath. Mm. And, uh, yeah. I was told yesterday that uh, it's now mandatory that we can't sing in church. I thought it wasn't mandatory, but I at the council yesterday that I was at, um, they told me that it was actually mandatory. And I said, well, it looks like we're going to hum. Well, I hadn't actually heard that. No, I, hadn't I heard, heard that, that at the council meeting yesterday. Okay, okay. Uh, 
Helen, one question before we actually uh, move on to our subject today. I was just reviewing a um, uh, magazine uh, that uh, that comes out of America. It's entitled First Things. Uh, it's actually, I really appreciate this particular magazine. It's billed as America's most influential journal of religion and public life. This isn't one of those uh, ratbag type uh, type journals. It actually has got a very sensible articles right right within it, and. Uh, very up to date. Very, very up to date. Mm-hmm. And just uh, just yesterday, an article came out entitled "What Christians Can Expect from Joe Biden and Camilla Harris." Now, of course, this uh, last election that's uh, that's just occurred in in America has been largely personality based. You know, it's been a very much you know to well one particular leader that people either love or hate, and that what they're doing is is voting against that that particular leader. One of the things that I'm so conscious of is that certainly here in Australia, we've heard very little about any of the policies that have actually been involved with the with the various parties. Now, that's true. Um, mm. One of the um, uh, this particular um, article, first things, and it really is available online, and it's well worth actually digging out. And uh, this is uh, this is what it said: uh, the administration of presumptive President Joe Biden and Vice President Camilla Harris. Sorry, President-elect. President-elect. Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. Is certain to implement policies and initiate litigation that will at best be a tension with the moral commitments of Christians in the United States, imposing high costs on conscientious attempts to practice our faith. At worst, the incoming administration will impose moral positions on Christians that are repugnant and and infringe upon the exercise of religious faith faith in the public square and they mention actually three things that that to me as Christians that I look at and I say hey these are things we really do need to be concerned about and the first one of course is is abortion now we're actually dealing with this issue here uh, in Australia uh, where governments are, uh, are wanting to legislate abortion up to the ninth month of um, of uh, Conception, you know, pregnancy. I, I, I've pregnancy. I look at this, and I, I'm I'm horrified. What do you think of that, Helen? Oh, I was speechless when I heard it. Absolutely speechless. I thought, you know, they they try and get away with the fact of yeah, you can have an abortion up to three months or something, and they try and say that's not a being, it's not a, a person, yeah. although you hear the heartbeat. Um, but here we're going up to eight nine months. I'm sorry, that is murder. Yeah, I can't yeah, say yeah. anything else than yeah, that. It is yeah. murder. It's evil, and um, I was horrified. Yeah, yeah, absolutely horrifying. When I heard the direction that the South Australian government was certainly intending to to go, and other governments in Australia have already gone, I I was absolutely yeah. horrified. I sort of thought, hey, when is this nonsense actually going to stop? Because oh. this is this is absolutely disgraceful material. When I well, when I was I, crying actually because I I was thinking of all those unborn children, yeah. you know, and I was just crying and thinking, you know, they are human beings. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. Words and, fail me, Gary. Words and and this particular article actually talks about that is actually the direction that the um, certainly is being promoted uh, with the in, by the incoming administration in America. Another issue that it actually brings brings up, and uh, I'd encourage listeners to go online just have a look at this article. First things is the uh, uh, is the magazine. What Christians can expect from. Um, from the Joe Biden uh, Camilla Harris administration. Uh, 
the next thing concerned gender ideology. Now, this is something else that's starting to creep into Australia. Of course, what happens in America tends to happen yes, in does. Australia as well. They get a cold and we sneeze. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and this uh, this issue was another one which they, they commented on. Biden has also promised to re-implement aggressive Obama-era policies imposing strict gender ideology on all aspects of public life. He will implement uh, the policy which forced public schools to receive that received vital federal funds to allow students to use locker rooms, restrooms and showers of the students choosing, regardless of the student's biological sex. The executive order uh, even made it a violation for school uh, for a school administrator to question the authenticity of the student's gender identity, requiring acquiescence uh, to the student's gender fluidity. Uh, nor is it sufficient to provide access to individual use facilities for transgender students, lest they be stigmatised. A Biden Justice Department will also oppose states' efforts to prevent biological males from displacing females in high school athletics, forcing girls to the sidelines while boys dominate female athletic events. Helen, does this this sound like common sense to you? Actually, I believe that's opening Pandora's box. You know, especially the part where you, you just correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you were saying that regardless of the student's biological sex, correct, correct. you know, yep. they they could say that they're a guy and say, well, I have a right to walk into the, the girl's that's you know, correct. Toilets. That's correct. That's, a, that's exactly and, what we're talking here. And um, I, I'm sorry, in some of the schools, as you well know, with kids, um, hormones are raging. Indeed. And I think it's really opening up a, a Pandora's box there. I'm just blown away. I think we have got to. I think we've got to be sensitive to this ideology um, because people are hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think they're going a step too far, really, yeah. in, in it. And. Um, I actually, this gender flu, fluidity, have you heard that before? I have, yeah. 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 Well, I've got, a, um, I've got a, a nephew who has just decided that he wants to be a female. Mm. But he said, oh, I may not be like that very long. He said, I can change back and forth. Mm. And I thought, talk about a confused generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I got my sister-in-law to actually talk to him about what he would need to go through if he really wanted to, to you know, live that life. Yeah. There's two, two years of counselling, uh, the loneliness and all that. I know people in that, in that situation. It's a lonely life. Mm. You know, they mm. might make out they're happy and all the rest, but it is a very lonely life. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. But to say, you know, I can swap back whenever I like, come on. Yeah, yeah. This, this article actually goes on to say Biden has also indicated he supports the so-called Equality Act, uh, which has passed the House and been championed by Harris in the Senate. Uh, the legislation is designed to impose gender I- ideology even beyond schools and other institutions that receive federal funding. Its purpose is to force businesses and other public institutions not merely to accommodate people according to their gender identity, but rather to affirm an ideology that violates the moral commitments of most Christians and forces citizens to say or affirm falsehoods about sex and gender. 
the Act would make it a violation of a person's civil rights, for example, to refuse to use pronouns that accord with the person's stated gender identity rather than his or her biological sex. Such refusal could be actionable as sexual harassment and leading either to acquiescence, falsehood or financial ruin for businesses and uh, other public entities and even of individuals. The last paragraph of this particular uh, article actually says this, and I must read this because it's uh, to me it's so powerful. Of course, no politician, uh, law, regulation or policy can take away one's faith, but they can make it very costly to practice one's faith. They can impose moral positions on people of faith and force them either to participate in falsehood or face severe financial and even legal sanctions. The President-elect and the Vice-President-elect have made it very clear that they intend to do just that. Do you know, as I as I read this article, I, I, I'm sort of aware of many of these things bubbling on here in the background, here in Australia, and I'm just so conscious that there's so much in America that actually flows across to Australia. Mm-hmm. And while we're not as far down the road on some of these issues just yet, do you know, on that issue of abortion, I'm... I'm ashamed of some of the decisions that are being made out mm. there, and uh, I, I'm I'm just so thankful there are Christians who are standing up for this particular mm. issue because uh, this is a, uh, this really is uh, an abominable situation where mm. you know babies can be abused mm. because that's there's no other word for it. No. They are being abused, murdered, um, murdered mm. um, at the nine ninth month, um, oh. and uh, I. I, I'm I'm embarrassed when I you know when people to even talk about some of these uh, some of these types of decisions. I I have a question, Gary. If yeah, I please may. do, please do. We are, um, I, we're onto some heavy subjects today, aren't well, we? Well, we are. Number one, when they talk about the so-called Equality Act, you know, that it sounds to me as though if somebody has changed their gender identity, and somebody calls uh, to now become a she, and somebody calls that person a he, they're in trouble. That is the potential. But what happens to some of the elderly people? They've had, um, this one's close to my heart because mm. it actually happened in my house mm. in that my brother became my sister. Mm-hmm. I don't sell that. I'm told the whole world now. But um, my mother and father, they accepted it, but my mother could not get round to calling her she. Yeah. She let yeah. it out so many times, he, he, and she didn't mean to. Yeah. But yeah. I could see the setup here could be, you know, quite a problem. Well, for this some is something people. that you've had to experience yes. yourself, isn't it? Yes. You know, yeah. um, and uh, you know, this mm. has huge impact oh, not, not just does. on the individual, but actually on the entire family. Yes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But tell me, this other one, and and you didn't read this out, but I've read this article, and it says, among other things, they protect Catholic hospitals. From being forced to perform abortions, ah, or transgender. No, you've missed, a, you missed you've missed the first part of that particular oh, article. I? It's actually saying the opposite to what you're actually because saying. When there. I read that, I thought, "Whoa!" No, 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 no. You're actually Thank it's actually you. saying the opposite of what you're actually oh. saying there. I won't go into that now because I'm no. so conscious that our time yes, is actually getting <laughs> uh, is, is getting away from us. But Helen, thank you yes. so much for that. When I saw that particular article, I thought, "Wow, you know what a what an amazing world we're actually living in today." That uh, article comes from uh, uh, First Things. It's it's listed as America's most interesting 
influential journal of religion and public life. It's not a fruitcake journal. It's one that I've come to really appreciate. And the article's entitled "What Christians Can Expect from Joe Biden and Camilla Harris." You can pick it up off the uh, off the internet. Just do a search for that, and I believe you'll really appreciate it. So this has just come out now. This just came out today. This is brand new. This is so hot off the press. This is after. All the elections and everything. Yep. And now we're putting the hard word on people. Well, this is... That's this, very interesting, Gary. This is something... <laughs> remember, we've just had an election yes, yes. that has been personality-based. Mm. It hasn't been policy-based. No. And this is why it's so important for us, even in Australia, to ask what are the policies that particular individuals do actually stand for mm. uh, before we actually move in a particular direction. Of course, in America, they've had a trouble with, with, a, with a political a structure that has been so dominated by one particular personality mm. that... Uh, the population has certainly uh, risen up against a particular personality, I, I would suggest. I think so. Um, it makes you interesting to think how many people that voted suddenly yeah. say, hang on a minute, yeah. this is not yeah. what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's go to uh, Bethany Dillon. How deep the Father's love for us.
That was uh, Bethany Dillon, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Uh, we've got a fantastic DVD for you as our free gift. If uh, if you would like to text us your, your name and your address, we've got for you Doug Batchelor's Final Events DVD. Now, Pastor Doug Batchelor is a well-known uh, internet media personality. He's greatly appreciated. His sermons are listened to by literally tens of thousands of, uh, of people. Uh, he's put together a really beaut uh, DVD. It's entitled Final Events. Where is this world heading? Which way are we actually going? Uh, this is a, as a multimedia presentation. You will really appreciate uh, what uh, what Doug's actually got to got to share. Uh, if you'd like Doug Batchelor's Final Events DVD, uh, just text your just write uh, Final Events DVD. Text your name and your address to our studio mobile. That's o four three eight zero double six six three five. That's o four. Three eight zero double six six three five. That's for Doug Batchelor's final events DVD. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, a big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Helen Gray, and Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're looking at spiritual challenges for the institutional church. And the big question for today, uh, what made Jesus' ministry so spiritual? You know, just uh, just uh, very recently, the uh, BBC over in Britain put together a, a program uh, talking about 21st century spirituality. You see, in the UK, more than half of the population identifies as having no religion, but most say they have a spiritual side. Ten people were asked to explain what spirituality actually means to them. Barbara uh, was asked, and uh, what she said was, my spirituality has had enormous impact on my daily life and actions. It's fundamental to helping me change emotions of deep hate towards someone who was very hard uh, on me, uh, to attitudes of compassion, forgiveness, and ultimately to, to love. Simon said, uh, you don't need to be dying to uh, to be dying to ask fundamental questions through constant examination and reflection. My values continually shift and evolve. I'm a humanist. I create my own meaning, and for me, it's centered on my relationships with others and making a positive contribution. Sarah was approached by the BBC. And uh, she said this, uh, when I went to school, I was only a, I was a Muslim. I started to question the rules that surround our religion. I felt like I was living in confusion and searching for contentment and happiness. One day I was really feeling down. I went up uh, to the study on the bookshelf uh, and uh, found a book called Don't Be Sad. The book was an absolute miracle for me. It was about being in the moment, about being fully present, having gratitude for what you had. I believe every day should be fulfilled. I try to make a utopian world around me, switching negative things into positive and trying to see good in everything. When the uh, BBC approached Julia, she said, we're in a spiritual crisis right now. Even to say the word seems odd or weird to so many people. 
I have a deep respect for so many spiritual traditions. I don't think people need to follow a certain way, though, uh, to find peace and understanding. Our mind filters out much of what the body knows and senses, or else we'd be overwhelmed mentally by lying down. We're able to allow the body's wisdom uh, to be heard. You know, there's ten of these. That's just just five of them, and uh, the the views are so are so varied uh, amongst those amongst those ten uh, amongst those ten people. But look, the thing that I'm I, I'm really conscious of here, Helen, um, spirituality to each of these ten people is all something different. There's nothing there's nothing common amongst each of the each of the ten. You know what was spirituality to Jesus firstly and what was it that gave uh, gave his lo- his ministry such a a spiritual emphasis Gary I actually have to disagree with you on one point Oh please do that's good <laughs> In in going through that article as you were reading it um I feel there is a commonality there and you know, if you kind of look between look between the the lines, mm-hmm. a lot of it is coming back to the self. You know, okay. you've got a few that yeah. are, are really yeah. really good, but and but you know, um, Simon, you read out, and he says, "I create my own meaning." Okay, so it comes back to the to the in most of these. You're certainly correct yes. here. In mm. most of these, in fact, if we bothered to read the whole the whole ten, what yes. we find is that most of them actually do come back to the individual self. So there is actually yes. a commonality there. That's yes, true. I'm, I'm seeing that as I go through, and um, yeah, I, I was surprised there was a Reverend Bonnie added. Doubt is important to personal development. It's doubt that keeps you asking questions and broadens your beliefs. Certainty closes doors and doubt deepens faith. Mm. Well, I, I come back to Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Did she not doubt God? She doubted God, indeed. Yeah. indeed. And isn't that something that Satan works on with people? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I believe there's a, a lot of commonality. But there's a huge, there, but there's commonality, yes. and yet there's a huge diversity there out there in definition and understanding, there is. isn't there? Yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah. It's some of them I don't know. That, well, I, I can't judge because I don't know how much time they put into their thoughts to, you know, to yeah, send yeah, it yeah, in. Yeah. But. I was interested. How many did you say were? There were ten there all, all no, together. No, 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 no. When you started, that people um, more than yeah. half of the UK population okay. identifies that, having that, was, that yeah. was the UK. Yeah, I got some figures, and it came back and said today, some two thousand years after Christ, over two billion people identify religiously. Mm-hmm. With Jesus in one way or another, and that makes Christianity the single largest religious group in the world. Wow. Wow. Which I thought was it's a huge impact, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, the question is: Have you ever wondered why Jesus managed to have such a lasting impact? And that comes us back to our um, topic tonight. Yeah. You know, Jesus really—he totally changed history. He did. When you think about well, we're it, in the year twenty twenty. 2021 aren't we very soon mm. and uh, and where's that numbered from it's numbered from the coming of Jesus Christ I know yeah. I know and and you know when you look into the life of Jesus the one thing that does stand out for me regarding his spirituality is prayer mm. I mm. and I I can't get away from it Gary and I'm starting with prayer because he knew he knew the father he knew the father's plan he stuck to it but he communed with the father you know, he f- he spent time in prayer. Yeah. He sp- sometimes he prayed all night. So, in other words, his spirituality didn't actually come from 
even within him, if you like, but rather it was something that was given to him, could we say? I, I believe so, Gary. I actually believe that when he came to this earth that he laid aside his divinity. Yeah, yeah. And he, he actually said, I, I don't do anything of myself. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Father. And I, I find that really interesting to think, how many of us do the same thing? You know, Matthew tells us um, in Matthew fourteen twenty three, and I need to bring some texts in, yeah. um, and when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. Mm. He wasn't alone completely. Of course, he was conversing with the Father. You know, Christ did not go out on this preaching ministry in greater Galilee until he first spent time praying in a desolate place. How many of us leave it till... Things get so bad, yeah. And then we put, you think of the disciples in the boat, yeah, on the storm. They didn't wake Christ up at the beginning of it, did mm. they? Mm. They, they waited until after the storm had actually been fully generated. Yes. They, they'd actually tried every human. Yes. You know, they had put the sails up and let them down. They had hit the oars backwards and forwards. These people are fishermen. They know how to deal with storms. They've dealt. That's yeah. their trade. Yeah. They're doing their trade. And finally, when even their human trade gives out, what well, they actually turn to Jesus. Isn't that a lesson for us? Oh, it's powerful. You know, how many times do we think, "Oh, well, I can do that on my own," yeah. and uh, you know, or I can get a bit of help from somebody else and and we don't you know i know one person he tried everything he tried different religions to get peace and all the rest of it mm. and i said have you tried jesus mm. oh i don't believe in jesus i said well you didn't believe in all them either <laughs> how about you give him a try you know because he makes yeah. a difference but in right throughout when i kept reading you know mark says when he sent them away he departed into a mountain to pray luke says came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. You know, the same when he went to the wilderness and yeah. he was tempted by Satan. You know, he got, he received sustenance from his father. Mm. You know, and, and when you actually go into that, it's just an amazing time as well. I actually had a quote from a book called Spirituality, Health and Wholeness, mm-hmm. uh, a gentleman by the name of Richard Rice. He wrote it in 2004, and he stated that Jesus' miracles affirm the value of physical health and provide a basis for endeavors to relieve suffering and heal the sick. Physically, Jesus cured blindness, deafness, leprosy, and paralysis. He provided physical food for 5,000-plus multitude. And he goes on to address the spiritual dynamics of mm-hmm. Jesus' healing when he dealt with spiritual and physical needs together. For example, the healing of the paralyzed man in Mark, it shows both the physical and the spiritual healing of Jesus. He healed the man from paralysis, which was physical, and then he said to him, do you remember what he said to him? He said, your sins are forgiven. You know, it's spiritual healing. It's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. So Jesus' entire ministry was really directed towards spiritual ends. Its primary object was to restore human beings to proper relationships so with God. So what he's doing is actually touching individuals, but touching them personally. Absolutely. Uh, and he's doing it yes. through the power of the Father, and the the spirit is the spirit of God is actually flowing through him. Yeah, there's, a, there's something very beautiful it's about the, the way Christ. This is not something that Christ is trying to engender from within himself. No. This is something that is actually given to him from from on high. You know, one of the things I'm so conscious of, Helen, is um, you know, right through the New Testament, you get this uh, this theology of the the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think of, you know, Christ at the the time of his baptism. 
And, uh, of course, uh, what you get there is a story of uh, John the Baptist actually uh, it baptizes Christ, asks for baptism. Uh, John, John actually baptizes uh, Christ. Then, of course, you get this uh, voice from heaven uh, that John and a number of others, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I am, and you get the picture of the Holy Spirit descending in dove-like form upon Christ. Now, this is an incredibly beautiful gift, and what you find is that increasingly in the book of Acts, this is something that seems to happen every time a person comes to Christ, they're baptized, uh, they seem to be given this thing called the the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's something that actually comes from the outside and impacts a person's mind and changes their heart. And, you know, to me, Helen, that's such a that's such a beautiful thought yes. uh, because I'm uh, I am so conscious that so much that so much talk about spirituality today is nothing more than uh, you know um, uh, whipped up human emotion uh, that where people are trying desperately to you know to move beyond their current circumstances but you know they they, they really struggle. I think a lot of people don't like the word religion. And yeah. I have to agree. I'm yeah. sorry, I yeah. have to agree because many a war has been fought over religion. Yeah. Um, to me, spirituality is a relationship like yeah. Jesus had with his Father and what we can have yeah. with Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit. You will notice too, Gary, that Jesus never self-promoted. Yeah. And yet when you read those comments, yeah. some of them are actually self-promoting. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and and I mean nowadays you've got people who believe that they can they've they're gods, you know. It's yeah. it's their gods within. You know, one and of that's the things dangerous. I, I'm so <laughs> conscious of uh, Helen is that uh, you know there's a lot of self help uh, books that are certainly out on the stands mm. today, mm. and I'm so conscious that so often uh, those self help books are, are nothing more than people are trying desperately uh, to actually pick themselves up by their bootstraps. Have you ever tried to pick yourself up by your bootstraps? <laughs> well, not physically, no. <laughs> it's, it's actually a rather difficult thing. I don't thing. think you it's can a, do it. It's, you actually can't do it. It's physically not possible. But you know, one of the things that I, I love is that when the you know when the Holy Spirit actually comes on an individual, it actually they changes their way of thinking. It actually changes their heart. Mm. You know, I, I think of you know, I mean, uh, Philippians. I love Philippians chapter chapter two um, because uh, Paul here is talking about Christ, and and this is what what he says: Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others. Better than himself, you know. Here's a person who's, you know, had the Holy Spirit actually actually descend on them. That's what happened to Paul. And he says, "Hey, what I want you to do is, I want you to consider others. I want you mm. to consider your husband, your wife, your children. I want you to consider them as better than yourself." Now, hang on a moment. How is that, um, you know, a picking myself up? Uh, do you know? To me, what I think we've actually got here, if if every person was actually to do this, uh, do you know, one of the most beautiful things is that uh, we are able to lift each other up, but we're actually not able to lift ourselves up biblically. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. In fact, it reminds me of a parable that I read recently. You may know it, Gary, um, how this man, um, he went to to heaven mm. and um, he wanted to see what hell was like. Because he was invited into heaven. He said, I want to see what hell was like. <laughs> Have you heard this one? No, I haven't. Well, Please. Um, Peter, St. Peter took him down and showed him hell. 
And when he went there, there was a huge, big feast room and people were sitting around there and they were emancipated. They were starving mm. and the food was beautiful that was in front of them, but not one person was eating. And then he noticed that everybody's arms was in a split. Ah, yes, I've heard. Yes, yes, yes I yes. thought you might have. And, and it was a beautiful place mm. to his way of thinking. It was green, it was lush, he thought it was heaven. Anyway, he said, um, Peter said, come and have a look now at heaven. He goes to heaven and it's still beautiful and green and lush and all the rest. And yes, the big feast room was there. And yes, all the people were sitting around. They all had the splints, Mm. but they were healthy. They were happy. They were laughing. Why? Why? What was the difference? Yeah, they were actually feeding each other. Amen. They were feeding each other. Amen. They thought of the other person. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus did that continually. He never self-promoted. In fact, when the people wanted to make him king, what happened? uh, He vanished. He vanished. He actually moved out. He actually went. Into the wilderness to pray, according to the scriptures. And to me, that's an incredibly powerful thing that Christ is actually doing here because what he's doing is he's lifting up others. You know, to me, as I look at his, uh, if you like, his spirituality, it's actually outward directed. It's not inward directed. Absolutely. You know, to me, I think this is actually one of the major differences between biblical spirituality and uh, the uh, the sort of humanistic spirituality that there is in the big wide world out there today. Absolutely. Gary, absolutely. And the thing is that we can be like him, but not in our own strength. Indeed. Not Indeed. in our own strength. In fact, I think it's Paul that says he can only glory in the cross. Yeah. 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 And yes, when the Holy Spirit is actually actually poured out on, yes. on somebody, that's exactly what happens. There's a transition that occurs, yes. isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, think back to that time when Jesus walked on this earth and they wanted to make him king. I would imagine that the people were probably pretty angry with him because they probably felt that Jesus missed a perfect opportunity. Mm. You know, but that wasn't why he came. Yeah. He didn't come to 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 establish a physical no, kingdom on this absolutely earth. Not. He came to establish yeah. a spiritual kingdom that yeah. would uh, that would result in a physical kingdom when he actually came again, but that absolutely. wasn't his time at mm. his first coming. Mm. Mm. And he was always Compassionate. Yeah. Um, he. Oh, look! I could go into this for hours, Gary. I. I look at his life and I think, well, I fall very far short of all of this. Yeah, yeah. But you know, even even when he was in the garden and they came to arrest him, yeah. Judas. Remember, he gave him a kiss. What did Jesus call Judas? Um, he called him friend. That's true. Friend. That's true. Yes. Friend. And you know, when, when in, there's another, there's a parable in the Bible about a man coming into the wedding feast and he had the wrong clothes on. Mm. You know what he was called? Friend. Friend, yeah. He wasn't chastised. Yeah. He was called friend because that was a spiritual Christ. It's this outward looking Mm. nature of Christ and the way that he actually imparted that which the Father had given to him to others. Mm. Um, you know, and to me, this is where I am just so conscious that there is so much talk about spirituality in the world in which we're living that in fact it's just a a humanistic by by product. um, that, and it, it's not uh, what we're being offered in the scriptures. That's so true. Yeah. Boy, Let, that's so true. And so many people are deceived. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Look, Gary. let's come to some music. Yes. Let's have a break. <laughs> it's uh, Graham Game, Graham Kendrick, a Meekness and Majesty.
Majesty. Our free gift for you today is uh, Doug Batchelor's uh, video, Final Events DVD. This is a real beauty. Uh, this is, uh, uh, this is a, a full pictorial uh, presentation. You'll really appreciate Doug is a, uh, uh, a preacher. He's uh, well respected uh, through many media, runs, uh, uh, runs a, a major uh, internet-based uh, uh, ministry, and uh, love to be able to share this with you. This is Pastor Doug Batchelor's Final Events DVD. If you'd like a copy of that, just write uh, uh, Final Events DVD. Uh, text it to uh, uh, to o four three eight zero double six six three five. That's o four three eight 
0666-635. Just give us your name and your address and we'll have that on its way to you uh, in the next couple of days. It's a real a real beauty. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM again, Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Helen Gray and Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're looking at spiritual challenges for the institutional church. And the big question for today what was it that made Jesus' ministry so spiritual? Uh, Helen, we've got a little bit off track in all that we were actually sharing there. Please bring it together for us. I'm conscious our time is starting to get away from us. No, we didn't get off track with everything, Gary. We just didn't. Something. That's true. Just something. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, I, I just want to come back to Jesus' spirituality and where he got, he, he was sustained by God through his prayer. Yeah. I, I know I come back to that again, but I just feel it was so important to emphasize that, you know, Jesus going out to pray represented his seeking the face of his Father to sustain him in his resolve to complete his mission. Yeah. And we need to do the same thing. You know, God gave him. That sustenation, is that how you say it? To be prepared inwardly mm. as well as spiritually so he could exercise his outward preaching ministry. In fact, if you look at, at um, Jesus' life, he did more, more healing than he did preaching. That's true. But it's very interesting that Jesus also dealt with the mind and the soul. Mm-hmm. If you look into it, he was holistic. Yes. Is that a good word? Holistic. 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 That's it. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Well, he was also holistic. <laughs> he was holy. Okay. The Savior made each work of healing an occasion for implanting divine principles in the mind and the soul. Yeah. And, you know, that was the purpose of his work. You know, when you think about it, um, when Jesus says, Your sins are forgiven, mm. with the authority that he had to do that. Yeah. Can you imagine how that would affect somebody? Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, I can remember when when I saw the words on on I was at a very low ebb in life, and I was trying so hard to to get my life together, and I felt it was worthless, and I was ready to jump off the world. And I prayed and prayed and prayed, God, please help me. And one one night, actually, it was the very last night before I was going to go out and do the dirty deed and it was like i saw fire on the on the um, wall Mm -hmm. and it says helen do you want to be healed Mm -hmm. and i'm there looking at this thing yeah and it was like his voice was saying helen just trust me Mm -hmm. and i Mm -hmm. tell you what that made such an impact on my life yeah and that's why i'm here today but anyway i'm not going to talk about me that's a let's powerful story to, actually helen yeah let's let's get back to this as well the other thing i you know i actually thought there was three aspects of jesus um, ministry to the sick and dying that we perhaps should note mm. and i'll go through very quickly first he recognized the vulnerability of the sick yeah. in their need for care he touched those who were sick both physically and spiritually mm. even the lepers you know, In other words, spiritual ministry isn't isn't just restricted to praying prayers. There is actually a physical ministry oh, there as absolutely. well. Absolutely. I mean, what's the point of saying to somebody, "Are you cold?" And they said, "Yeah." And you go and you say, "Well, I'll pray for you," and walk away. What earthly good is that? That's what the Book of James actually says, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's no good at all. Mm. And sometimes you need to actually deal with their problem first, yeah, and then introduce. The, the next part, and so you know, he challenged the notice. The, he, sorry, he challenged the notion that sickness was a sin because in that era, they believed that they got sick, and I think it was the disciples that even said, "Who sinned, this man or his parents?" Yeah. And yeah. Jesus said, "Neither." 
you know. So he was bringing in the spiritual aspect all the, all the time. He brought outcasts back into human society through the healing word and touch. And, you know, the disease were thought to be unclean, punished by God, but he didn't look at them that way. He didn't look at that way. You know, Jesus said, um, you know, he called people. He said, come, let us reason, let us talk together. Yeah. He never turned anybody away. Yeah. You know, and finally, Jesus reaffirmed the need for spiritual healing. You remember when the paralytic came through the roof and um, he was healed of his sins? Mm-hmm. And remember the man by the pool at Bethsaida? He said, give up your sins so that something worse may not overtake you. Mm-hmm. You know, he was dealing with something that was so spiritual and so needed. You know, there's many accounts in the Bible when you look at the life of Jesus that show the importance of the role of faith in his ministry. And he showed that. But mm. he started with prayer with his father. He was in constant communion. That's where I believe his ministry was so spiritual. In other words, there's a there's a number of components that are starting to come together here. Uh, the fact that Christ dedicated himself continually to communion with the with the Father that mm-hmm. was certainly a spiritual act. Uh, absolutely. And yet, his ministry was outward focused, not. Inward focus. That's exactly uh, right. And continually, each time that he was uh, addressed by uh, by Satan or by uh, the, the religious leaders of the day, he constantly brought them back to the Word of God. Absolutely. Uh, and to me, as I look at this, I sort yeah. of say, "Hey, you know, there seem to be some common elements here. There's this issue of prayer." There's the issue of, you know, coming, coming to the Word of God and making the Word of God the very foundation of everything that happens and then being, becoming an outward focus rather than an inward focus. So much spirituality, so much, so many people speak of spirituality as though it's a, a, an inward voice where I sit cross-legged on the floor and just meditate. You know, to me, Scripture says, no, it's far more, much more than that. Mm. And let me tell you, the beautiful part is when you when you explore the different spiritual um, regimes of the world, the difference with with Jesus is he's alive. Yeah, yeah. you know all these others, um, and I don't want to knock anybody, but all the others they're worshiping to dead people. Exactly. When you think exactly. about it, yeah. you know, and even I'm, I'm even thinking, you know, Jesus just touching someone. Yeah. Showed his compassion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just blows your mind when you think about yeah, it. You yeah. know, I mean, who who in their right mind would have gone around touching the lepers? Exactly. Who would touch a corpse that was dead and it was, you know, made you unclean? Indeed. He yeah. didn't stop at any of those, but he had that power within him that enabled him to do it. If you like, it's like a flow chart. Mm. He took it to God. God. God worked through him, through the Holy Spirit in his life, yeah. and then he went out, like yeah. the letter L for love. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things that, to me, I love in one of the passages in Scripture, back to this Philippians chapter 2 again, because you know the, Paul actually says here, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became 
I'm obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. But I love the way Paul starts that off. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, as Jesus functioned, what Paul is saying is, hey, I want you to be able to function in exactly the same way. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I keep using that word, and I know we've got a member in our church who hates that word. So, you know, Fred, if you're listening, I apologize. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I agree with you completely on that. But you know what is interesting, Gary? Because of his spirituality and his communion with the Father, it's incredible when you think here was a guy, and I know I'm sort of, you know, probably bringing it down to our level, but he was a guy who was an un educated labourer in an insignificant backwater country that was part of ancient Rome. Mm. You know, even didn't one of the disciples say, could anything good come out of Nazareth? Indeed. You know, and, and to think that he changed the course of history. He didn't have a publicist. Yeah. He didn't have a public relations campaign. He had no global communication network like we have to spread his influence. And, you know, even the writing and the publishing was all done by hand in his time, you know, and because the type hadn't been set up then. And yet, 2,000 years later... People can relate. Can relate to exactly what he was saying. Do you know, Helen, That's to amazing. me, this, uh, this is amazing. It's purely, uh, it's a beautiful picture that, cry, that that scriptures paint of Jesus Christ and the impact that he was able to have on his world. Yes, he did challenge the philosophies of his day. He did do that. Mm. But, do you know, he put in its place something that I believe is so much more beautiful. Helen, look, I'm wondering, we are running out of time. Yes. Would you Would you pray? I'm just really conscious that you know the the key to all this i believe is actually the work and the impact of the holy spirit i'm I'm just praying would you pray that you know if there's anybody who would like the gift of the holy spirit that the spirit would in fact uh, descend on that person amen let's pray loving heavenly father thank you that we have the opportunity of sharing with you through this technology that we have Father, I just pray that you'll be very close to each one listening. I pray, as Gary has said, if there is someone there that so wants the Holy Spirit in their life, I pray that they will pray, that they will accept, that he will come. Ask the Holy Spirit to empty empty your life out of the ego side, the pride, and whatever it is that's holding you back, and fill you up full. I know that when we ask, the Holy Spirit is only too happy and willing to come. And there is a scripture that says, ask, knock, and seek. And when you seek, you will find him. So please, I know your life will change in the most amazing way my life did. It became life more abundantly. I pray that we will look at the life of Christ and we will model him. We will have the mind of Christ and that we can see the spirituality shining through and may it flow onto us that it will shine through us to others. Help us to have that compassion, that spirituality, that communication with our Father in heaven. And Lord, may we be used of you to help others along the way in whatever way we can. May all that we do bring honour and glory and praise to you and to you alone. And Father, just before I finish, I pray, Lord, that this law that's coming about abortion, Lord, it's a huge, huge... um, What's the word I want? It's it's just too huge. And Lord, there are people that are going to be so badly hurt, Father, and, and the guilt and what have you. I pray that if it be according to your will, that you will turn it around 
And I just pray these people that just want to murder these little babies will take a back seat and look at what they're doing. Father, please put your compassion on the, on the world. Put your compassion on the leaders. And Father, may we follow you in all your ways. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Helen Gray on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Helen once again asks, how do I worship in spirit and in truth? Really uh, look forward to seeing you then. But, and please then, but please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy True North. Come to the river. Where would I be if Jesus hadn't seen Let them